0: Viewer discretion advised content not suitable for children. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Screaming Chewy Show. Yeah! Hey, everyone, Chewy here, and it's Halloween, yo. What was your costume today, huh? Have you gone trick-or-treating yet? Is it uh, something scary, something sexy, something original? Bet there's lots of jokers out there right now, huh? Just like the Harley Quinns the past couple years. <laughs> the Joaquin Phoenix jokers, anywho. But uh, hey, did you get any good candy? I bet you're eating all the good shit right now first, huh? All the sneakers and M&Ms and shit. Me, personally. I go for the baby rooms first. And if you're out there giving trick-or-treaters a box of raisins, you're an asshole. They fucking hate that shit. Not even just the kids, even the adults too. I fucking hate that shit. Come on, man. What's next? Little baggies of salads with no ranch? How about a box of croutons, yo. <laughs> Anywho. It's Halloween night. And, um, what do you want to hear, huh? You, as the listener. Your opinion matters to me. So, do you want another Halloween Origins podcast episode? Or, how about I give you some really scary shit? Some real shit that's out there. The real fucking monsters. Yeah? Yeah? Some shit you probably don't want to hear about. But I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you both. Alright? So let's get the first one out of the way. Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. Or Samhain. It's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. But I guess it's pronounced Samhain. So, anywho, moving on. The Celts who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. Yeah, kind of weird, right? Oh, yeah, that's because before Jesus Christ. Hello. Before uh, that religion slaughtered and took over. Anywho, moving on. <laughs> This day marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of the year that was often associated with human death. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Fuck, how do you pronounce it again? So-so-in. When it was believed that ghosts of the dead returned to Earth. In addition addition to causing trouble and damaging damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids or Celtic priests to make predictions about the future for a people entirely dependent on the volatile natural world these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long dark winter to commemorate the event druids built huge sacred bonfires yeah like burning men i guess where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the celtic deities During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes typically consisting of animal heads and skins and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. When the celebration was over, they relit their hearth fires which they had extinguished earlier that evening from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. By 43 A.D. The Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. In the course of the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the traditional Celtic celebration of Samhain. The first was Feralia, a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second was a day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple. Mm. And incorporation of this celebration into... Fuck, what's it called again? So in probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced today on Halloween. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. That was brought to you by History.com. And hey, quick little fact. Did you know that one quarter of all the candy sold annually in the U.S. is purchased for Halloween? Crazy, huh? National Diabetes Day. So here it is. I want to give you some real monsters and real horror that's out there right now. Some fucking psychopaths, yo. For those of you who are not aware or forgot, there's some sick motherfuckers out there. Uh, Now, a psychopath is somebody who has no empathy for others, uh, no feelings, but they're good at faking it. They're good at pretending. These motherfuckers can straight up put a fucking puppy in the microwave and set it for 10 minutes and sit down and watch. They could kill their own mother and not feel bad. And these people, unfortunately, are out there. Yeah. Your next door neighbor. You know. Your student next to you in class. These fucking people are everywhere, dude. And it's hard to tell who's who. And the scary part is... Not only are they living amongst you... But... Who knows maybe they've murdered somebody Or many people And they're just Stalking you Watching you To make their move Scared you? Alright Well here's one of these motherfuckers I don't know if you heard about him or not But his name is Uday Hussein Yeah Hussein sounds familiar right? Well, it's actually Saddam Hussein's son. Yup. Mhm. So get this: this dude was, ju- was born June eighteenth, nineteen sixty-four. Died July twenty-second, two thousand three. He was the eldest child of Saddam Hussein by his first wife, Sajida Talfa. I don't know if I fucking pronounced that right or not. <laughs> if you uh listen to my episode of um date love pass you're gonna hear me mispronounce a lot of fucking russian names but hey i tried right it's the effort that counts <clears throat> so and uh, he had a brother too Kusei hussein who they was seen for several years as the likely successor to his father but lost the place as his hair apparent to due to injuries he sustained in an assassination attempt. Witnesses allegations have suggested that Uday was guilty of rape, murder, and torture, including the torture of Iraqi Olympic athletes and members of the national football team. What the fuck, huh? Here's a little fun facts about him, right? Um... So, he was born while his father was in prison. Mm-hmm. Although his status as Saddam's elder son made him Saddam's prospective successor, Uday fell out of favor with his father. Yeah, Saddam was a sick motherfucker, but if he looks at his son and says, This motherfucker's not taking over after me. That motherfucker is sick, yo. That's... You gotta be one fucked up individual. <laughs> you know what I mean? For Saddam to say, that motherfucker can't have power after me. uh uh-uh. In October 1988, at a party in honor of Suzanne Mubarak, wife of Egyptian President Honsni Mubarak, who they murdered his father's personal valet and food taster. Kamel Hanna Jijio, possibly at the request of his mother, because an assemblage of horrified guests and intoxicated Uday bludgeoned Jijio and repeatedly stabbed him with an electric carving knife. Jajio had recently introduced Saddam to a younger woman, Samira Shahanbandar, <laughs> My bad. who later became Saddam's second wife. Uday consider his father's relationship with Shahan Bandar as an insult to his mother. He also may have feared losing succession to Jijil, who, whose loyalty to Saddam Hussein was unquestioned. As a punishment for the murder, Saddam briefly imprisoned his son and sentenced him to death. However, Uday probably served only three months in a prison in a private area. In response to personal intervention from King Hussein of Jordan, Saddam released Uday banishing him to Switzerland as the assistant to the Iraq ambassador there. He was expelled by the Swiss government in 1990. Didn't take long, right? He was repeatedly arrested for fighting, according to Jalopnik website, Uday's vast car collections were burned by his father. Ooh, he's grounded. <laughs> Saddam, after the Kamal Hana Jijio incident, when he stabbed the shit out of a woman for not everybody at a party. <laughs> Saddam later appointed Uday chairman of the Iraqi Olympic Committee and the Iraqi Football Association. Oh, so it's making sense now, right? In the former role, he tortured athletes who failed to win. Oh shit, I want winners, yo. If you ain't first, you're last. Furthermore, he founded his he founded his own sports club called Al Rajir and signed all the best players from the country to play for the club as they went on to dominate Iraqi football. Until they're, until they're dissolving in nineteen ninety, he also became the editor of the Babel newspaper, the general secretary of the Iraq Union of Students, and the head of Fedayeen Saddam Uday seemed proud of his reputation and called himself Abu Sarhan, an Arabic term for wolf. Uday sustained permanent injuries during an assassination attempt. Why do I keep saying ass, yo? What the fuck? (laughs) What's on my mind, right? (laughs) Anywho, during an assassination attempt in December 1996, struck by between 7 and 13 bullets while driving in Mansoor Baghdad. Uday was initially believed to be paralyzed, evacuated to... Ibn Sina Hospital. He eventually recovered, but with a noticeable limp. Despite repeated operations, two bullets remained lodged in his spine and could not be removed due to their location near the spinal cord. In the wake of Uday's subsequent disabilities, Saddam gave Kusay increasing responsibility and authority, designating him as their as their apparent in 2000. Uday opened accounts with Yahoo and MSN Messenger, which created controversy, as this allegedly violated US trade sanctions against Iraq. What? Uday also amassed a large video collection found in his place 2013 Much of which featured himself in both public and private situations. So, it could go on all about his childhood and life. But, let's just go straight to the good shit, right? But before that, let's, uh, I want to point this out, alright? Neglect and lack of bonding with Saddam in childhood. Overexposure to the regime's brutalities. And Sajida's over-nurturing molded his character. So, I find that very interesting. Because when it comes to psychopaths or serial killers... You know, there's this question of nature versus nurture, right? Some are born psychopaths. They're just born cold-blooded. and You know what I mean? So, killing ain't nothing to them. Others are made, you know. And, uh you know... I'm not saying I feel bad for this guy. I have no sympathy for this motherfucker. And you'll see why. For his other allegations of crimes. This motherfucker's sick, yo. But what I'm saying is. If your dad's fucking Saddam Hussein. Fucking craziest motherfucker. You know what I mean? A fucking dictator. Yeah, he's gonna see some shit. He's gonna grow up in that violence. But anywho. Let's go to the. Allegations of crimes as head of the Iraqi—oh wait—I think I already fucking mentioned this, but has a little bit more details. As head of the Iraqi Olympic Committee, Uday oversaw the imprisonment and torture of Iraqi athletes who were deemed not to have performed to expectations. He would insult athletes who performed below his expectations. By calling them dogs and monkeys to their faces. Oh. One defector reported that imprisoned football players were forced to kick a concrete ball after failing to reach the 1994 FIFA World Cup finals. Fuck, man. Fucking brutal. The Iraqi national football team were seen with their heads shaved after failing to achieve a good result in a tournament in the 1980s. Another defector claimed that the athletes were dragged through a gravel pit and then immersed in a sewage tank to induce infection in their wounds. After Iraq lost 4-1 to one to Japan in the quarterfinals of the 2000 AFC Asian Cup and Lebanon goalkeeper Hashim Kamis Hassan Defender Abdul Jabal Hasim Hanun and forward Kwantan Kafir Drain were labeled as guilty of loss and eventually flogged for three days by Uday Security. So now what the fuck is flogging, right? <laughs> I wanna know too. Well get this flogging or flagellation, alright? flogging, whipping, or lashing is the act of beating the human body with special implements such as whips, lashes, rods, switches, the cat of nine tails. Ooh, I believe that was seen in the movie, um, The Passion of the Christ. Yeah, when they're fucking whipping them in the back with that fucking hooks on rope and chains, or the fuck. That's it. And, um, the Sambuk, the knout—I have no fucking clue what those things are. Anyway, typically, flogging is imposed on an unwilling subject as a punishment. However, it can also be submitted to willingly or performed on oneself in religious or sadomasochistic contexts. The strokes are usually aimed at the unclothed back of a person. In in certain settings, it can be extended to the other corporal areas for a moderate subform of flagellation. Described as bastinado, the soles of a person's bare feet are used as target for beating. Fuck, man. Ouch. Anywho, back to some more allegations of crimes. Uday was known to intrude on parties and otherwise discover, quote-unquote, women who were who would uh, later rape. Yeah, Time published an article in 2003 detailing his sexual brutality. Should I get more into detail with that? Okay, you asked for it. It's Halloween, you're supposed to get scared. This month, from what I read, this motherfucker would crash parties, yo. Crash weddings, okay? With his, come in with his men, his fucking henchmen, security, whatever you want to call them. And see a girl he liked. Once he liked her, he just point at her and say, her. His man would go up to her, and whether she wanted to or not, they would escort her to his pleasure room. And that's where he would rape, torture, and then kill them. Yeah. That's what he would do. Um, Yeah, he fucking tortured the fuck out of many different ways. Uh, There's been some reports where he fucking, I guess he was raping this chick and he poured acid all over her face. And the last time she was seen, she was all bloody and her henchmen just took her away. Uh Uh-huh. Also, usage of an Iron Maiden on persons running afoul of him. Fuck, dude. For those of you who uh, don't know what an Iron Maiden is, it's that coffin-looking thing, right? That has all the spikes on the inside, right? They put you in there and close you. All those spikes impale you. And um, it's actually not meant to kill you. It's actually meant to, um, well, you will die later. But not kill you right away. It was actually meant for like torture and, um, you know, uh, like interrogation type stuff, right? So throw you in there, close it, you're fucking suffering and shit, and then they ask you questions and maybe they'll open it, maybe they'll just let you die, whatever. <laughs> Anywho, beating an army officer unconscious when the man refused to allow Uday to dance with his wife. The man later died of his injuries. Uday also shot and killed an army officer who did not salute him. Fuck man you do not disrespect this motherfucker yo. He was also accused of uh, stealing approximately 1200 luxury vehicles. Including a Rolls Royce Corniche, valued at over two hundred thousand. This motherfucker had the money, yo. He could buy any fucking car, how many he wanted, yo. But he stole him. Yep, it's all about that high, yo. The adrenaline. Also plotting in two thousand to assassinate Ahmed Chalabi, the leader of the Iraqi, Iraqi National Congress. This was done shortly after Saddam named his younger son, Khozai, his apparent to the dictatorship. Uday allegedly intended to curry favor with his father through the assassination. Hey everyone, just going to take a quick break and tell you about this podcast uh sober af in living life yeah af as in sober as fuck in living life (laughs) fucking hilarious huh yeah it's with these uh two friends and they actually well yeah you guessed it they're sober but they're fucking so hilarious you wouldn't think they're sober you think they're awesome shit but they make it so fun go check them out sober af in living life That was that. So, hey, while you're out there trick-or-treating with your children, you know, we all think about the dangers out there and uh, possible psychopaths and people that are sick, you know. Some abduct children and do some of the most horrible things you could think about, including killing and eating them. But, hey, what if I told you, there was something called, uh, the Franklin cover-up, mm-hmm, now, if you look it up, it's actually, uh, it was a pretty crazy case, and of course, you know, some say it's a cover-up, which I, I believe, um, yeah, there's many, many details out there that are not e- easily found, um, you know there's many books that came out of it. And um so yeah, let's check this out, right. According to Wikipedia, the Franklin Child prostitution ring allegations began in the June 1988 in Omaha, Nebraska and attracted significant public and political interest until the late 1990s when separate state and federal grand juries concluded that the allegations were unfounded and the ring was a, quote, carefully crafted hoax, unquote. Bullshit. (laughs) Anywho, the allegations, in 1988, authorities looked into allegations that Prominent citizens of Nebraska as well as high-level U.S. politicians were involved in a child prostitution ring. Alleged abuse victims were interviewed who claimed that children in foster care were flown to the east coast of the United States to be sexually abused at bad parties. The claims primarily centered on Lawrence E. King Jr., who ran the now defunct Franklin Community Federal Credit Union in Omaha, Nebraska, and alleged that the ring was a cult of devil-worshippers involved in the mutation, sacrifice, and cannibalism of numerous children. Numerous conspiracy theories evolved, claiming that the alleged abuse was a part of widespread series of crimes, including devil-worship, cannibalism, drug trafficking, and CIA arms dealing. What the fuck, huh? So, state and federal investigations. The Nebraska State Foster Care Review Board submitted that the result of a two-year investigation into the alleged physical and sexual abuse of foster children to the execute board of the Nebraska Legislature. Who were investigating reports of child abuse linked to the credit union. After investigation, a grand jury in Douglas County, where Omaha, Nebraska is situated, determined that the abuse allegations were baseless, describing them as carefully crafted hoax and indicting two of the original accusers on perjury charges. The grand jury suspected that the false stories originated from a fired employee of Boys Town, whom I have fueled the fire and rumor and innuendo because of personal grudges. A federal grand jury also concluded that the abuse allegations were unfounded and indicted 21-year-old Alicia Owen, an alleged victim, on eight counts of perjury. Owen served four and a half years in prison Separately, the federal grand jury indicted multiple officers of the credit union for embezzlement of funds, including King. Yeah, that's right. So this guy, Lawrence E. King Jr., that uh, federal credit union that they call Boys Town, yeah, he was uh, being investigated for embezzling uh, $40 million dollars yeah and you know of course that's a a whole separate thing from uh the whole child abuse allegations because that's a whole other thing that he's he was also being investigated for so just to get a little bit more info on that dude and the embezzlement thing here's a couple highlights from an article in the washington post all right King has pleaded not guilty to 40 counts of embezzlement and fraud. The sexual allegations, which he has denounced as garbage, are based on still unverified reports from half a dozen young people who reportedly have described being auctioned like love slaves. Yeah, they were auctioned like sex slaves, more like it. Flown to the coast for wild parties or... Piled with platted with drugs and alcohol as part of uh, a biracial bacano. The fuck is that? B A C C back channel. I don't know. Anywho, I don't know if the witnesses are telling the whole truth or part of the truth, but they appear credible to me, said the state sent Lauren Schmidt, chairman of the legislative committee appointed to the. Investigate the scandal. I'd rather cut my arm off to find that these allegations are all true. Not just because of the alleged perpetrators, but because if it's true, then there has been a series of heinous crimes against children here for a long time. And um, this guy, um, King, uh, I believe he was a senator or some shit. <laughs> and um, yeah, he loved to live lavishly. In Washington, King often shopped at Larimer's Market on Connecticut Avenue. Flamboyantly dressed, knuckles encrusted with large rings, he wandered through the gourmet grocery store with his chauffeur, scooping up champagne, caviar, steaks, roast, whatever struck his fancy. And Andrew Zimmerman, the store owner, recalled last week, he definitely was not feeding a small-sized family. This was party material. King liked to share the wealth, particularly with his young male friends. For example, according to the World Herald, he reportedly gave uh, $2,800 deerskin coat an 18 karat gold bracelet to 29 year old Charlie Rogers, who later blew his own brains out with a shotgun. He suicided, quote unquote. Another young man told a newspaper that King wanted to own you—a sugar daddy thing. Over two years, he he bought me $2,500 in clothes and $23,000 in furniture. A third man recounted flying with King to Los Angeles to buy a $23,000 crystal, crystal chandelier for King's house. King has denounced the comments as outlandish lies uttered by scum. So now, believe what you want. I'm not going to dive really deep into this rabbit hole, but yes, politics, high-ranking officers... All involved in a child sex trafficking ring. You could do the research yourself. Tell me what you think. Hey, tell me what you find. I'm I'm curious. Maybe I'll do a whole podcast episode about this. Because it's a lot of details. But anywho. That's the scary part. Fucking politicians, yo. Are running pedophile rings fucking killing them, oh yeah, and I also didn't mention that, um, uh, they, they also were accused of a, you know, the cannibalism and all that, but they were also accused of making snuff films with the children, yeah, they would record them being raped, tortured, and killed, and then sell that video footage, that's what they were accused of, but, I mean, Believe what you want. But that's what's fucking scary, dude. Shit out there, you never fucking know, man. So many missing people. And they are never found. Could they be part of a devil worshipping cults? Kidnapping them? You never fucking know, right? I mean, if you ask me, I see that's pretty fucking possible. So, hey. Don't let me scare you from going in trick-or-treating yo go out there get that fucking candy hopefully you find some edibles and give them to a homie or something don't leave them out so your mom could eat them or a family member (laughs) yeah yep very interesting um you know for those of you who haven't read my not read but heard my episode edible accident yeah when my mother accidentally um ate my gummies <laughs> but that's a whole nother story so anyway as I all saying go out there have fun and be fucking careful yo just watch out stay together don't go in a dark alleys and um you guys have a good night later Everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can find me at anchor.fm/slash screaming chewy gmail.com. There'll be three options for a monthly subscription. First one, I believe, starts at a dollar a month, yo. Yeah, dollar a month. Yeah, and if you don't want to, that's cool. You can follow me on Facebook and YouTube, Screaming Chewy Show, for some memes, some more videos, full episodes and behind-the-scenes kind of deal, right? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy, so I should probably change it. But it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.